All right. Buongiorno. I um, just got back from Italy late last night, so I feel a little jet lagged, <clears throat> uh, but otherwise I'm feeling awesome. Uh, I want to show you a couple of things about our Italy trip. I had so many people like talk to me during the day that I uh, want to do that. Um, I first, this is my website. Uh, you know, I'm as you can see, the whole point of the website is like kids. Um, so we're not advertising for anything else. Like I see a lot of people who claim that they take care of kids and then all over their website is back pain, right? We take care of back pain, neck pain, and then that's, that's sort of a contradictory message. Um, and this is my, uh, I did a, a, wrote a blog post uh, today. This is um, the Trevi Fountain. The Trevi Fountain that's uh, in Rome that was pretty near our hotel. Um, and it was one of the most gorgeous fountains. Uh, it's the second time we saw it. We, we fell in love with it last time we were in Italy. And uh, the amazing thing about this fountain, uh, aside from the symbolism, which I'll talk to you later, is the sound. Um, the sound of this fountain, because it's such a huge uh, fountain, is totally impressive. And um, I, we, I took a, a brief video clip of it so I can show it to you, have you hear it. Now, if you think about how uh, huge this fountain is and how there are hundreds and hundreds of people surrounding this fountain, um, to hear how loud it is strikes me as very interesting for two reasons. Number one, because um, it just shows the volume of water. There's like millions of gallons of water going through this thing every single day. Um, uh, and number one, and number two is, um, it, to me it sounds like the ocean, which is what it's supposed to be, right? The, this main dude over here, this is Oceanus, um, who's kind of like Neptune-ish, um, but his name is Oceanus. Uh, but of interest is uh, the people that are next to Oceanus on either side, so right here and right here. So on this side here, this is abundance. That's who, uh, the, if you, I, don't, I can't pronounce the, the names, but that's the, uh, the name of this particular uh, goddess, is the goddess of abundance. And then this uh, goddess here is the goddess of health. And I thought that was really interesting, you know, as we're sitting there and we literally, my wife and I, w <clears throat> went to this fountain and spent an hour just listening and walking around and taking pictures and just listening to the, the healing energy of this particular fountain. And if you really think about, like, how, uh, you know, water is, you know, constant, water is abundant. Like I talked about last week about the sun, well, the water is the same thing. If you look at the ocean, do the ocean waves ever stop? You know, are they taking a break? Because every time I says, that's it, you know, I'm on strike. You know, I demand more wages for more waves. Uh, no, it just keeps on going, right? It comes and goes every time they're coming and going. So the ocean is this constant thing, just like the sun is this constant giver. Um, and that's what, what the point of is the abundance here. But I thought it was interesting too that the health, that when they did this a thousand years ago, that they put these three things together. You know, and I've been thinking about that a lot. Like why did they put health there? with abundance in the ocean. And that's because health is also available in abundance, right? Health is completely available in abundance if we allow it to be, right? If there's no interference, right? If we can, if we can remove the interference from that ocean uh, of, of life energy, right? If the energy of life is being denied in some way because of a subluxation, you know, uh, then we can get rid of that, if we can get rid of that interference, then we have the abundance 
of the ocean, of that, that kind of constant never-ending en uh, never energy you know, going through us. So I just thought that was like the coolest thing. Lisa and I just absolutely fell in love with this fountain last time we were in Rome and doubly more now. And then we happened to, uh, to eat lunch. It's, this is right down the road from that particular, the Trevi fountain is the Panthenon. The Panthenon is one of the oldest uh, structures in uh, Italy that is completely, almost completely intact. Uh, almost all the structures, if you go to the Colosseum and you go to see some other great things, you know, a lot of them have been torn apart, etc., cetera, um, uh, and are, are falling you know, into ruins. But the Panthenon has remained uh, in its entirety, with the exception of the jewels that were in the, on the outside of the Panthenon were all stripped and taken to various places by various you know, barbarians and thieves and hordes of you know, people over the years. But the actual structure itself is still there. And the really cool thing is, <coughs> is it, so we went to Trevi Fountain on Sunday after the seminar. Life Roma was amazing, by the way. You should go next year. Um, so we, go, we went to the Panthenon. And um, believe it or not, and I know this might be hard to fathom, uh, gluten-free is totally easy in Italy. Right? And you might think that that's not like you know, you're traveling. You say, well, we have a hard time continuing our gluten-free ways. But actually, in Italy, they're completely congruent with that. And why do you think that is? Because Italians want people to eat, right? That's like, I don't know about you, but like I, I grew up in a very Italian neighborhood. And um, my, one of my best friends, uh, his, you know, Gino, was, his mom was Italian. And she used to, like, uh, everything was like, Drew, you have to eat more, I have to eat more, because I was a super skinny kid. So um, she used to always take my, chin, my cheeks like this and sit me down and say, pasta for you. And that's just how she you know, did it. She would just like feed me <coughs> this unbelievable amounts of food. Um, so, so they're really into this. So gluten-free was completely easy. Like everywhere I'm going is gluten-free, 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 gluten-free. It was amazing. Um, you, know, you wouldn't think that, but that's just how it is. So uh, we're walking towards uh, the Panthenon and uh, going through these beautiful streets and cobblestone neighborhoods and stuff. And uh, we find a number of gluten-free you know, places that had gluten-free pasta and pizza. But Lisa's like, you know what? I really want to sit outside. I don't want to like, get, go inside to a place or get some takeout thing. I want to really sit outside. I was like, okay, that's fine. So we're walking and walking. And then um, we finally get to the Panthenon. And you can't see it because this is the, the front of it. But like, right about over here, there's a restaurant on the corner right over here, right facing the Panthenon. And we walk up like this. And as we walk up like this, there's a sign on the, the there's like an outdoor cafe kind of thing, and there's a sign right there that says gluten-free pizza and pasta. And there was a seat, one seat available, right up front, so we could sit and actually face the Panthenon. And they don't have the seats facing so that one person facing this way, so your back is, all the seats are facing this way, so you can kind of look at it. So it was like, there's a Jewish word called beshert, but shared as a Yiddish thing, it's like meant to be, right? It was meant to be. This is what Lisa wanted, right? I said, I want to eat outside. And what did I want? I want gluten-free. So now we're gluten-free eating outside facing the Panthenon, right? Could you, could you get anything better than that? So it was super cool. And just looking at this kind of, looking at the Panthenon and looking at the marvelous architecture that they came up with and going inside later to the, the Panthenon. And if you look at the, the Panthenon has no lights in it because there's, it, there's a dome on the inside, and the dome has a circle around the top that is completely open, and it shines light on the inside of this. 
so that there's no need for actual any light bulbs or anything like that in the Pantheon. Um, now, I, I couldn't, the, we didn't ask them what happens if it rains or something. Um, I suppose people get wet. <coughs> but it's just, it's just magnificent. This place is absolutely magnificent. And looking at this structure, it kind of taught us a lot of things. Because if we look at the Trevi Fountain, which is 1,000 years old, and we look at this, this is 2,000 years old. And you look at these things, <clears throat> first off, in the United States, like, what do we think is old? Right? The Liberty Bell, like, 200 years old, 250 years old. Like, that's like chicken feed to this. Like, like their new homes are 250 years old, you know, there in Italy. So that's the first thing that we thought of. But the second thing that we thought of is how they embrace their culture how they embrace their history. Like, they're super proud of their history. Everybody that you talk to can start reciting, like, what this is, who built it, what year it was, you know, at the Trevi Fountain, and people are explaining different things, and everybody knows, like, if you're an Italian, you have unbelievable national pride, which I think is really cool. And something that's really sorely lacking in this country. It doesn't really matter who is the elected official. It doesn't really matter what's happening in this country. We should just be proud to be an American because these guys are proud to be Italians. They're super proud to be Italians. They're super proud of their heritage. They're super proud realizing that, that they have architecture that's out, that, that, that like predates almost any other thing, except for like pyramids and a few other places. They have architecture that predates almost everything else that any other culture has, right? And that's an amazing thing. And they honor that. They don't tear crap down. Like, what do we do? We have stadiums, and they're, they're like going to tear down stadiums to build another stadium to spend $25 billion on another stupid stadium. Like, that's what we really need, right? Instead of, instead of restoring what we have and making what we have better, which is what they do, they spend all their money is making what they have better. There's not a whole lot of new structures. That you don't walk around and say, wow, what a modern-looking city. What you say is, wow, what a historic place, right? But we think completely opposite. Let's just tear it all down, start over again, spend all this crazy amount of money. And they put the crazy amount of money into restoring things, into taking what was there and making it better. And I think that's very chiropractic because with chiropractors, you can't, like, you know, one thing that we don't do, we don't put anything into the body, we don't take anything away from the body, right? So what we try to do is we try to restore the beauty that's there. You know, when someone comes to our office, we are restoring them back to their original self. So the Pantheon, yeah, you can't, you may not be able to get the Pantheon back to its completely original beauty and putting all the jewels on it that have been stolen and taken, you know, and spread all over the place. You may not be able to do that, but you can restore this thing and you can keep it restored. And it's still an active church. They still have mass there on Wednesdays and Sundays. Even though it's 2,000 years old, name me a structure in this country that's even 200 years old that they're doing regular things in. You know, unless they, they, they can call it a national historic monument or something, right? So, but, but that's what we need to do as chiropractors. We need to focus on the fact that, that our job is to make this, whatever we have, make it the best that we can. No matter what condition it's in, you want to make it the best that we possibly can. Because I think that is super vital for us to understand, you know, that this, these guys, they have paid attention to their history. And that's what, what we need to do also as chiropractors. We need to pay attention to our history. There's a lot of people out there who want to get rid of the word subluxation. There's a, when we were talking at Life Roma, Dr. Rickman was talking about some of his plans for, for, the, the, for Italy and, and Europe and stuff. There's a lot of people, not just in the States, but even in Europe, that really want to get rid of the word subluxation, that want to change the word chiropractic, that want to call that, oh, that's historical of nature, the, the subluxation and the word chiropractic and adjustment. Those are all historical things. 
right? No, but we need to preserve that, right? We need to build upon our history, not tear it down, not hide from it, not shirk from it, but build upon our history because it's our history that really makes us, right? You know, we are a drug profession because that's how we started, right? And they're not saying, okay, so here's the Pantheon, and let's, let's change the Pantheon into something better, right? Because we know better than they did 2,000 years ago, right? They, they did pretty good, but we know better. So we're going to paint it different colors, and we're going to put some glass on it because there's no glass. And I don't like that dome being open, so we're going to cover that up, and let's make it better, right? That's the whole idea of, of what the drugs and other things could, would do to our profession is, is someone saying, let's take something that's really gorgeous, that's been around for centuries, the, the design of our body, and let's add some crap to it because we think we know better. So, I, you know, and the reason I bring this kind of stuff up, not just because I want to show you pictures of Italy, um, but be, uh, it's because I want you to think that everywhere you go and everything you do relates to chiropractic. And people don't get that. Like, they, they don't, like I'm sitting at the Trevi Fountain with my beautiful wife, and we're talking chiropractic. You know, and yet there are people throwing fountain, you know, money into the fountains and the people just taking pictures and the amount of selfies. Like another thing we think about too, the amount of selfies that were happening at the fountain. Like we saw two cameras out of like 500 people. We saw like two ca actual cameras. Everybody's got phones. Like talk about an industry changing, right? So, but the, the, the thing that I think is so amazing is watching, is looking at that history and realizing how we should really need to be connecting to our history, right? And I don't know how many of you have like taken on my challenge that I gave to you guys when you were in 10th quarter to read green books, right? But that's our history, and you need to know that stuff, right? You need to study our philosophy. Our philosophy is who we are. Our philosophy is what we do. Our philosophy is like this gorgeous building. Our philosophy is like this fountain that, that even though this fountain isn't perfect and there are flaws in the fountain, but that fountain is magnificent. It's been there for a thousand a year, thousands of years, and it'll be there for thousands more. And that's what we have to respect. The, the body, the, the, who, however our body has been made, it is pretty damn good. Right? It is pretty good. And we just have to respect that and allow our, our selves to say, as a chiropractor, I don't need to add anything to that body. I don't need to take anything away from that body. I just need to make that body work the best it can. If there's an interference, we fix it. You know, if there was a problem with a fountain over here and that hose over here that, that wasn't working, that was pumping out some water, you just fix that. But you don't have to completely change the whole thing and put some digital stuff in it to make it better. Right? And I think we really need, we've lost sight of that in chiropractic. And I hope that you guys take this, this next couple of, this next week or so with Thanksgiving, and I hope you really give thanks to the fact that you guys are about to become, you know, chiropractors, about to graduate and become chiropractors and be thankful for this profession because you have the opportunity to look at something in a different way than anybody else does. And what a great blessing you know, that is to, to go 4,000 miles away and stand in front of a fountain and think about chiropractic in the same way that I'm talking about it now. <clears throat>